This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The campaign to clear Patrick Brown's name is heating up. There's now a website called Justice for Patrick Brown, where a petition to support him is posted and had more than 13,000 signatures as of this morning, many of them from women. Patrick Brown has a legal team, professional public relations experts and a private investigator, and he started to tell his side of the story publicly. In a Facebook post, he denied the allegations and also said he could prove that they did not happen, citing, among other things, that at the time the events allegedly took place, he was not living in the two-story house that the accusers described. He and others are also attacking CTV, uh, which aired the story because the producer who broke the story knows one of the accusers. I am not saying allegedly because I've seen pictures on social media of them uh, together. Now, CTV is aggressively defending its reporting, saying that, quote, they took steps to ensure there was no previous contact that would influence the story. Okay. Now, one of the accusers amended her story a bit, saying actually she was of legal drinking age at the time and out of high school. It was previously presented that she wasn't. And uh, both of them say they stand by the core of their story. It's all being played out in social media. And uh, the accusers, I have to say, are being trolled pretty viciously. And that is something that we can all agree is wrong. Uh, Behind all this, the question is, what is the end game? Some of Patrick Brown's supporters want him reinstated. Leadership candidate Christine Elliott has said she would allow him to run again for his seat if he clears his name. A lot to unpack here. Joining us, Nick Sharitsis is a criminal lawyer, a friend of Patrick's, and the site administrator for that new website. And Courtney Raphael, also a lawyer and a friend of Patrick's younger sister. And she has also been working tirelessly to support him. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Okay, uh, Nick, um, first of all, you've been uh, with Patrick uh, a, a huge amount of time since this happened. I mean, uh, how is he doing? Is he, I mean, is he, how is he coping? Well, today his spirits are up. I can't say the same for what it was like almost two weeks ago when I visited my friend who I've known for over 25 years. And people are forgetting the human element to all of this, where I saw a person who has always been strong, who's always been compassionate, uh, who's always been a leader, in my eyes, just completely devastated, and someone who really had no gas left. But today I can say that his spirits are high, there is a huge momentum of support for him, and I'm very happy to see that he's fighting back. Uh, Courtney, uh, you're a friend of the family. What motivated you uh, to uh, start supporting Patrick Brown? 
Well, I've never really been involved in politics before, but I did join the PC party to for Patrick, and I voted for him in the leadership race. And when this happened, there was just this tremendous sense of unfairness about the situation, but also... I really, I was looking forward to voting for him in the election, and I felt that I had been deprived my right to vote for who I had chosen, who had been chosen by a large, significant membership, portion of the membership, and I just couldn't sit sit quiet. I just couldn't not say anything, and I started speaking out. And as I did, I started to see other people speaking out and connecting with them. And it just grew like a, it's like a snowball that just became a giant snowball. And, you know, there's lots of discussion going on, lots of plans being made. And it's been just this tremendous, tremendous experience that I think has hopefully, as Nick said, you know, helped him to be able to come back from this and to speak out and and become, again, you know, show his leadership um, in doing that. Uh, Nick, um, you know, I looked over the petition, and I guess the thing that seems to be galvanizing people the most, and I know that from our calls the thing that disturbs them, is that uh, basically uh, somebody's career is in- instantaneously ruined on the basis of anonymous allegations. And and some of the things I've seen in the petitions are people saying, hey, wait a minute, this could happen to any man. Do you agree with that? I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, as a criminal defense lawyer, when a client comes to me with a problem where they have a charge, perhaps something similar, but in the criminal justice system, perhaps a charge of sexual assault or an assault, there are a set of predefined rules in which we can defend that person in court. There's rules of evidence, uh, there's rules involving witnesses, there's no such thing as anonymity when we go into a court of law. And unfortunately, what's happened in the Patrick Brown case is that he's being tried in the court of public opinion, where there are no rules, and there is no transparency. And it just seems that every time someone has something to say regarding this case, it has to do with how many people can follow along in a tag. And the problem with not having any rules is how can he actually clear his name in the court of public opinion when there is no independent tribunal that is involved in assessing the facts of the case? Well, one of the things, I guess, that inspired the whole Me Too movement is that uh, people say the 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 court system does not do justice uh, to victims of sexual assault often the complaints aren't taken seriously or the bar is is so high and the victims are blamed um, is is there any uh, is is there any validity to that in your opinion well in my opinion when there's something that's being alleged to be as serious as what was alleged in regards to the Patrick Brown case I would expect that perhaps the police should get involved and the police should lay charges. Now, that hasn't happened in this case, and that puts Patrick Brown at a huge disadvantage. How can he be vindicated? How can there ever be an impartial person or tribunal that can decide that he's not guilty of the charges? Now, I understand the point that women need to come out and need to raise these complaints, but it shouldn't be done in an anonymous manner, in my opinion. It should be done 
with the transparencies that are expected in a free and democratic society that we live in. Um, Courtney, how do you feel about that? And, and um, you know, again, uh, what we have seen about the allegations, uh, they, you know, it, it, if something like that occurred, it, it sounds, uh, you know, pretty ugly, but nothing criminal. Right. I mean, so here's how I feel about the situation. And what I have said is, and I, I do understand that there are and there may be some concerns with how our justice system works for people who have suffered sexual assault. And it may not be perfect. And it may be something that people should look at and think about different ways of dealing with that, those kinds of issues, right? Like specialized tribunals or courtrooms, I don't know. But for me, to do it in the media, solely in the media, right? There's no court proceeding underlying it that allows that there's a publication ban. There's no investigation ongoing. It's solely in the media, anonymous. And what you have to understand is, you know, I've seen in the paper, I think it was today that uh, it was saying that he had hired private investigators to discredit the woman, which is very unfair to characterize it like that. He didn't even know who one of the women was because there were no details. So he had to investigate. And, you know, that is very concerning. I've never heard of that before. Well, it was it was interesting because um, and I, I want to get into this, the way this campaign is is structured, because mm-hmm. it's it's obviously very professional. Uh, but but his the a public relations person for said that he hired a, a private investigator to do, quote, forensics. Uh, she said this on a CTV show and uh, they turned it around uh, and said he hired a private right. investigator to discredit the allegations. So. Right. Um, but um, turning to this campaign, Nick Sharitsis, uh, it's it's I mean it's right out of a playbook of crisis communication. So it's uh, getting a petition and uh, you know having a website. So um, what is the thought? Like what can this accomplish? And and what else are we going to see uh, in the course of this campaign? I mean, ultimately, the goal is for the PC party to acknowledge that Patrick Brown is the duly elected Democratic leader of the party. And what happened to him, uh, in my opinion, is something that we see in third world countries, in oppressive regimes, where there is an opportunity by a group of power-hungry few who can just throw down a leader in such a vicious way. And in my opinion, this movement and this groundswell of support for Patrick Brown, it's been grassroots. It hasn't been uh, anything like I've ever, ever seen before, because it's individual people who are getting on this story and saying that we want Patrick reinstated. So ultimately, where I see this going is to the PC party and having them acknowledge that what happened to him was wrong and to reinstate him as the leader. Okay, um, let us uh, take a call from Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine. Um, um, I'm of that view because what I see happening uh, with this be able to people um, cause 
um, people of you know, influence and good positions to lose their positions and their influence over a false accusation. What it does now, it allows people who are maybe of not of the best character to go to anybody, to go to anybody, including yourself, and, and make a false accusation. But what they will do is they'll say, well, if you don't give me some money, I'm going to go and release this. And then and people will believe it. That's, so that's happened. Forced, yeah, that's right. That they was, um, what's his name, Michael, um, uh, Michael Douglas. Uh, that was that was a, that was a story with him about a month ago uh, that that somebody had come somebody threatened to make uh, allegations public and he kind of uh, he he got ahead of it he came out before her and said you know this this woman said she'd shut up for nine million dollars before so um, right and, and so what Patrick Brown should do is like I've said to you on your radio if his name is not on the ballot I will not vote and I'm a member. But if his name is on the ballot, I will vote. I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to vote for Patrick. I might vote for somebody else. But the point is, if they do not put his name on the ballot, I won't vote, period. For, and I won't for, not vote in the, in the election either, because for, this is totally wrong. Just a minute. You won't vote for leader or you won't vote for uh, MPP? I won't vote in the, in, in, for the leader, and I won't vote in the election if... Patrick Brown, his name is not on this ballot for leader right now. Okay. So, like, and I am a member, and I because there's too much of it. I wish that Donald Trump, when his first ones come out against Donald Trump, which was totally phony, he should have sued each and every one of the people involved, the women involved, the people who put them up to it, and every news broadcaster that put it out. He should have sued them for one billion dollars each. Now, I'm hoping Patrick Brown sues these two people once he's cleared it and is proved to be false or a just a story put together to kick him out of his job. I'm hoping he sues them, and I hope they can't afford to eat a decent meal from ever again, because this is wrong. Okay, Bob. Me, okay, we, Bob, okay. thanks for your call. Um, Nick, um, is he considering uh, some kind of defamation lawsuit, and against whom? I mean, there's two sides to this coin. One side has to do with the false allegations that were brought uh, by CTV and uh, them potentially being liable for uh, journalistic uh, unethical behavior. And then the other, the other side of, the, of that coin is uh, what to do with the party, who's just basically thrown them under the bus. And all of the things which flow from what's happened in this travesty of justice. So is there an opportunity for action? Absolutely. Uh, the CTV can certainly be sued for releasing a story without doing its due diligence. And on the other side of things, in terms of the party and the members, like we are getting calls like the one we just had on your caller, uh, people are angry. The members of the party are angry. And unfortunately, the party is just moving along like it's business as usual. But they don't realize that there are the grassroots members that voted Patrick in as the duly elected leader in the legitimate leadership race. And I should add that I've been advised by people who know more about this than me, that Patrick was elected with the highest number of members in any political party in the history of this country. 
in a leadership. Um, okay, a, a couple of things. Now, I've talked to a number of people in the PC party who uh, believe that it was quote, an inside job. Um, you know, whether whether that's real or a conspiracy theory, I don't know. I'm just saying there, there are, I've talked to credible people who believe that. Uh, and um, yeah, they, uh, they believe that. But on the other hand, uh, same people inside the Conservative Party also say that they don't believe that he could have dealt with this in the context of an election that's basically on right now. Um, is that a reasonable argument, Courtney? I, I don't think it is, actually, because, well, first of all, I start from the premise I don't think that story should have ever been published. And so I have very big concerns with that. But as you've seen, he, he, when, once he had the chance to investigate it, he was able to show that, first of all, there were very serious concerns about the prior relationship, undisclosed between one of the reporters and one of the accusers and to show that the details in one of the stories were, were false. So now it's been changed and I'm, not, I, I, I'm a lawyer and Nick's a lawyer so we both know that that evidence would now be tossed out the door in any courtroom. So, you know, in that's just been in three weeks when he was incapacitated in dealing with what had happened for a good portion of it. So. I do think he would have been able to deal with it, just as he's been dealing with it now. And once the members have had a chance to talk about this, look into it, research it, you know, the support for him is tremendous. I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm going to read what CTV again said, because uh, they, they say it's an allegation that the producer and one of the accusers know, knew each other. Um, the identities of both of those accusers are, are out on social media, and there are pictures of them together. Right. Uh, so CTV said that they, quote, took steps to ensure there was no previous contact that would influence the story. Right. Uh, as a lawyer, uh, Nick, what do you think of that statement? Well, Courtney's been uh, dealing with this a little bit more than I have, so I'll let her answer that. Okay, Courtney. When he says dealing with it, he means ranting about it okay. on social okay. media, <laughs> just to be clear. Uh, what my answer to that is, if that was the case, why would they not have said when they first published it, the, this, the journalist is, you know, has worked in the past with one of the accusers, but there's no, um, it doesn't influence her report, which I still find, I find hard to believe. I've seen the pictures, so I don't think that's accurate, but just disclose it then. The very fact that it was hidden, it wasn't disclosed. I mean, it makes you ask, what else hasn't been disclosed? We don't even know if there's relationships with the other accuser. Okay, um, let us take a call from John in Brampton. Hello, John. Yes, hi, Libby. Um, first of all, you have to suspend your belief system to imagine that the uh, CTV reporter or producer, whatever it was, and the two girls didn't know exactly what, what to expect from this. Um, this was planned, and yes, I'm one of the people who firmly believes that it was an inside job. Uh, and again, you have to suspend your belief system not to... Uh, By the conservatives. <laughs> like, it just, it, it, to me, it's a, it's a, that, that means that the conser some, some people or a person in the conservative party put uh, news people up to doing this. Is that, is that what you think? Well, I'd say they were at least, at least helpful, if not 
uh, when Mr. Fidelli came out before anybody knew anything about this and declared up front, he knew these girls were telling the truth. Well, now we know that's a lie. Uh, so you know, let's take it from there. As far as Mr. Brown, uh, I hope you're listening. You wouldn't have been my first choice anyway, but I would have con- certainly I would have helped to work, uh, done work for the party, which I am. Um, but let's do, um, you know, let's do the sisterhood a favor here and treat them with equality, which is what they're always asking for. And Mr. Brown, sue these women. CTV, they're the kings of fake news anyway. I don't think there's really much you can do there. Uh, but the young ladies involved, uh, let's sue them and find out when they owe a lot of money, who put them up to it. Let's get to the truth. Okay, John, thanks for your call. All right, thanks, Libby. Okay, um, we're going to have to wrap things up in a couple of minutes. Uh, Margaret, hello, Margaret in Thornhill. Are you there, Margaret? Oh, yeah, I'm here. How are you? Good morning, uh, Libby. How are you, dear? Uh, fine. You're on the air. Please go ahead. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, this is a good topic. Uh, I don't know why Patrick Brown had to retire and get out of the race uh, as leader of the Conservative Party. Uh, these allegations that were brought against him by these two women have no right to have been brought without any proof or life detector. It seems like women are targeting men of... Uh, professional standards and things like that, and their jobs are just being taken away. Uh, I fully stand for um, uh, Patrick, and I want him to fight for his right and to get back into the Conservative Party and be the leader again. And I wish him much luck. Okay, Margaret, thanks for that. Okay, uh, we have to wrap things up. Uh, Nick Charisse, so what is going to happen next. Uh, Patrick Brown has started to talk about this. Uh, Is he going to be suing his accusers? Is he going to be suing CTV? Is he going to be suing the Conservative Party? I I gather you say that he didn't legally resign. Well, that's a very important point that's been missed uh, in all of this. Uh, I think the members of the PC party deserve an answer from the party, and they deserve the proof of his resignation. Uh, my uh, understanding of how this went down is that uh, Mr. Brown never officially signed a resignation document, nor did he ever appear in front of a camera and say that he's resigned. And my understanding also is that the way the media has picked up this resignation really is from a simple post on a website that was controlled by the PC party without Patrick Brown's authorization. So on January 25th at 1.40 in the morning when we were all up that dreadful night watching this unfold, what was picked up as the fact of the resignation was this post and nothing else. And what concerns me is that what's happened after this alleged resignation is things have been set into motion that perhaps shouldn't have been set into motion. The legitimacy of this so-called leadership race is put into question as it's fruit from the poisonous tree. So are you going to be suing the party? That would uh, be up to Mr. Brown to decide if he wants to proceed with that, but I am also in touch with many members of the party who, independently of Mr. Brown, are considering taking action against the party for this atrocity. Okay, anything else you want to leave us with? 
Courtney? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, I, 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 I just want to yeah. say that I think that it is the hope of all the members. There's just so much support that the party listens to them and hears them because one of the things that you will, if you go on social media and you'll hear is that the members are saying we will not support a party who turns on their own. And that's not just Patrick. That is the members themselves. We feel like a party has turned on us has denied us the leader that we voted for. And our hope is that with all this support, where there's more to come, there's lots of things that are going to come up, that they'll hear our voices and reinstate them. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sure uh, we are going to be talking about this uh, um, more in the days to come. Uh, this story certainly is not going away. Thank you very much for joining us, Nick Sharitsis and Courtney Raphael. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. It's been great. Thank okay, you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, and um, we have to take a quick break now, people. And when we come back, we're talking about your money. How is it doing after uh, a wild ride the last uh, couple of weeks? We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.